one of the worst feelings in life is to wait. <laughs> oh, it's torture. That's right, Tim. And how many of you know what I'm talking about? And Santi even shared his story of having to wait to hear back anything. So I don't know about you, but I am one of the worst waiters around. If you put me in traffic and make me wait, oh my goodness. Like you, you might see your pastor sin and I confess it, I repent of it, but I'm just gonna say that. If you put me in line at a grocery store, I come up with these calculus equations to be like, okay, the, the age of the cashier versus the quantity of things in people's carts. Or you put me in a fast food restaurant and it's like, do I, do I park and wait for them to bring it to me? Do I go through the drive-thru? Do I walk in? And then I look at the cars. If I do go in, I'm like, okay, I would have been behind that car. I hate waiting, especially when you're waiting on God. I don't know if you relate to that. Do, do you know what I'm talking about when, when you're waiting? You, you've been praying, you've been waiting a long time for something and you've been hoping and believing and you're believing that, okay, God, you're gonna bring me a spouse. I, I wanna be married or you've been praying and waiting on God to help you in your marriage. God, please do something, I, I need your help, but nothing seems to be happening. Or you're asking God perhaps to, to get pregnant and it's just been difficult and you're seeing everyone else and you're like, what, why God? Or to heal you from your depression or to get you out of debt. For some of you, you've been waiting on God for so long. You wonder if God is even listening. Like, does he even care? Is he even there? So if you've ever felt like that, if you've ever felt like God is just taking too long, I want you to know that Jesus understands. Today, we're wrestling with the question, why is God so slow? So Father, I just ask right now that as we wait on you, that you build our faith to trust you. Help us know that you are a good God who loves us and that your timing is always perfect. Help us to put our faith in you. We pray this in your name. And everybody said, amen. So today we're starting a message series called been there. And I want to say, for the most part, whatever pain you're facing, whatever challenge you're enduring, Jesus has most likely been there. So if you hate waiting on God and you're, God, why is it taking so long? Jesus has actually been there too. And I'm going to show you how exactly he was waiting on God. And of course, we can't get into the mind of Jesus per se, but you can imagine that if he was God in the flesh, which he was, even as a child, he would have known that his mission was to come and to save the lost, to give his life as a ransom, to pay the price, to save us from the penalty of our sins, to give his life so that we would have life abundantly. And yet he had to wait 30 years before he ever started his public ministry. 30 years. So if I'm watching a show and it buffers for like three seconds, I'm on to the next show. I'm like, okay, this one's not working. 30 years before he ever got the green light to the very mission that he was sent to do. So if you've ever found yourself impatient or obsessing about time, you're not the only one. In fact, one of the disciples, John, 
he was actually pretty obsessed with time as well. And it's really interesting. If you read his gospel, you'll see him use the word time over and over and over again. 35 different times in John's gospel, he mentions the word time. And then seven different times, he actually quoted Jesus as talking about a specific hour or a time that would come. In other words, Jesus said a few times, my time has not yet come, or my hour has not yet come. Trevor warned me that there'd be a loud explosion. It's just a balloon popping. (laughs) Thought I'd just put the parents' minds at ease, like what just happened? But Jesus is saying, my hour has not yet come. And then another time, my hour has almost come. And then he finally says, my hour has come. And I'm going to show you one of the examples in John 2, just to kind of give you an example. It's a story where Jesus goes to a wedding and he turned water into wine. We all love the story. So in John chapter 2, verse 3, the text tells us that the wine supply at this wedding was running out. So Jesus' mother looks at him and says, they have no more wine. Now, it sounds like a statement, but this isn't a statement. It's actually a command. She's kind of saying, do something about this. And the reason I know this is because when she said it, they have no more wine. You can almost picture her raising her eyebrow like they have no more wine. Like when Amanda tells me the trash is full, it's not really like, oh, like, I'll just acknowledge that the trash is full. It's like, no, the trash is full. Move it. (laughs) So that's what's happening here. So Jesus' mother is getting into his business and she says, the wine, they're running out of wine. And Jesus says, dear woman, that's not our problem. He replies, my time has not yet come. It's not God's timing for me yet. I'm waiting until I hear God say, go. And there are four different times in John's gospel alone that Jesus says, my time has not yet come. It's hard to wait, but it's not God's timing yet. I know he can do it, but he hasn't done it yet. And it's really, really hard when you know he can, but you don't know why he doesn't. And even if you're, a normal Christian, honest enough to get past the Sunday school type answers, you go, okay, where is God? I'm waiting. Why isn't he doing anything about this? Why, what is God doing while I'm waiting? And I wanna try and answer that question with scripture today. What is God doing while you're waiting? And the good news is that while you are waiting, God is working. While you're actually waiting and trusting on God, scripture says he's acted in ways that you may not even know. The Old Testament and the prophet Isaiah 64 verse 4 says, For since the world began, no ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. While you're waiting, God is working. And that might raise a question of, well, how is he working? What is he doing while I'm waiting? And I'll try to answer that according to what I've studied in God's word. And The answer is sometimes God is working on it, whatever it is. That it that you want, he's working on it because it's not ready yet. You're waiting and he's working. For example, I had been longing to be in a solid, committed relationship. Growing up, I 
I was looking for a great wife. I wanted to be married. I wanted that relationship. And I bounced from relationship to relationship looking hard. Now, while I was waiting, I was nowhere ready to be the person that God was preparing for me. So not only is Amanda, my wife now, five years younger than me, so there's an age gap, which gets awkward the earlier you go back, I was not the person that she needed me to be. In fact, on the night that God grabbed a hold of my life, January 1st, 2007, in the wee hours of the morning, I discovered that my mom had been praying for me that night. You see, she had been praying for me for years to find the right girl too. And she thought that that would be what brings me back to God and kind of fix me up and do the right thing. But God actually spoke to her that night and said, stop praying for Kevin to meet someone and pray that he'll fix his relationship with me. And that's what happened that very evening. And what's awesome is I surrendered to him that night. And while I was doing that, God was working and getting ready to bless me with who would turn out to be my future wife. Now, I also like to think that maybe God was preparing me to be a blessing for her too, but that's beside the point. He was preparing to bless me. So why is God taking so long? Why isn't God doing what I know he can do? I'm praying for a husband. He's still not nice. What's going on? I'm asking God to take away my depression and I'm still struggling. I'm still battling with it. I'm praying, God, I know you can take migraines away. Why do I still have these migraines? Well, maybe he's working on it, but it's not ready yet. Or maybe you're not ready yet. Maybe God's working on you. And what I found is a lot of times I'll ask God, why won't you give me what I want? I want it now. And sometimes I feel like God is saying, you can't handle it yet. Kind of like that movie scene with Jack Nicholas. You want the truth, you can't handle the truth. Like that's kind of what I'm envisioning. Like we can't always handle what we're praying for yet. Some of you right now, you're praying like, God, I need money. Please give me money. I, I actually wanna use money to be a bigger blessing to others. But God's saying, you can't handle more money yet. You can't even handle what you have right now, so why don't you get those things in order before I give you more? Or maybe you're praying, God, give me more influence and this ability to lead others. And God's saying, I'm gonna grow your character before I increase your influence. I don't want your talent to take you somewhere that your character can't sustain you. God might be saying, I wanna mature you. I wanna do something in you before I can do something through you. He might be teaching you right now that while you're waiting to trust him, he's saying, I want you to continue to keep me as the foundation. Because if he, God just gives us everything we want, well, I think that we end up forgetting that it actually comes from God. That as things start growing and developing and we start seeing this success, we start thinking, oh man, I'm, I'm a pretty good person. But God's saying, no, 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 that's from me. And so maybe he's teaching you to depend on him in a way that you wouldn't have otherwise. He's doing something in you. And what I found is that sometimes God does something in you before he does something through you. Sometimes God will do something in you before he does something for you. And you see all sorts of examples of this in scripture. But the one that jumps out to me is, is the example of Saul. 
this guy hated Christians. He was out killing Christians and he has this radical conversion and he was blinded by the light and Saul becomes Paul. And all Paul wanted to do was preach. He wanted to preach. He had met Jesus. He had been going from killing Christians to now being like, I need to let the world know what Jesus is doing and has done. Jesus has saved me and I wanna preach. I wanna preach. And depending on what commentaries you read or what scholars you look to, some will say that about a decade passed, maybe longer, where he was just building tents before he was able to preach, before he could fully use his gift. So it might've been 10 years where Paul is ready to go and he's itching to go, but God's saying, slow down. I need to do something in you first. I need to prepare you for what's about to come. So what's God doing while you're waiting? God is always working while you're waiting. And from the beginning of time, no eye has seen, no ear has heard about all that God does. How he's working for those who are waiting. So what do you do while you're waiting? Well, since you know God is working, don't waste the waiting. Don't waste it. It's a waiting season. It isn't a wasted season. If you continue to seek and lean into God, and I'll say it this way, my heart goes out to so many of you because I'm aware that many people are facing some really dark situations. They're crying out to God. They're praying for healing in some very dark situations. They're praying for miracles in marriages. They're praying for the supernatural touch of God. So I would just say, don't wait passively. If that's you, don't wait passively. What does a waiter do at a restaurant? They serve. In other words, let's be serving while we're waiting. Let's be growing while we're waiting. Let's lean in to God. Let's not wait passively. Let's be actively pressing into God and growing in our character. After God had grabbed a hold of my life, Amanda didn't show up the next day like, okay, God, I'm gonna make things right. And then she appeared. But it was just a few months later in June that her family moved from the West Coast of British Columbia to Ancaster. And we ended up meeting through a youth group. And it would have been cool if she showed up the very next day, but I wasn't ready for it. She wasn't ready for it, but I had no idea what God was up to. But I will tell you that I wasn't concerned about meeting someone. I, I was actually focused actively on developing my relationship with Christ, on pursuing God. I had enrolled to actually move out to BC to go to Trinity Western. I, I felt the call into ministry and, and I was taking steps to lean into my relationship with God. It's not easy while you're waiting, but don't wait passively, wait faithfully. Maybe do something that helps you grow closer to God while you're in this season of waiting. So what I wanna do is I wanna show you something that hopefully will help build your faith in God's timing as well. So I wanna give you a bit of a history lesson from the beginning of creation to the birth of Christ because it was a time that the world was waiting on a Messiah. It had been prophesied over and over and over again, the Messiah is coming, the Messiah is coming, the Messiah is coming. And for generation after generation, people kept wondering, why is God taking so long? Like, where's this Messiah that's coming? 
And though they didn't know then, we can look back and know now that the world wasn't ready yet. It just wasn't ready. So I'll give you a little bit more history. There was a period of time known as the intertestamental period. So here's a chart here where you have the kingdom of Israel and Judah, exile and return. And all through that time, God is speaking. There are prophets speaking. God is speaking. There's this activity happening. But then from the end of the book of Malachi, the end of our Old Testament, to John the Baptist, around the beginning of where our New Testament picks up, there's about a 400-year gap of silence. Like, there's just nothing. And it was brutal because at least before that, God had been talking. Like, okay, we know something's happening, but then it just goes silent. There was nothing. And it might be similar to what some of you are feeling today. Like, yeah, I was in this season where like things were just going. I was talking to God. I was hearing from God. And now I'm crying out to him and I haven't heard anything for months. Maybe you're praying for something and you're believing for something and you're having faith in God and you're pursuing God and you're trying to keep pressing into God, but it feels like he's gone silent. And maybe you're just asking for a sign, like give me anything, like a Bible verse, a song on the radio that I really, really like, just anything, God, speak to me, but it's just been silent. Well, I wanna remind you that just because God feels silent doesn't mean he's absent. While you're waiting, he's still working. He's still the God of the universe. He's working behind the scenes to bring about the good for all those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So while you're waiting, he's working. And what is he doing? Well, the world was waiting on a Messiah and he simply wouldn't come. But then Galatians 4 verse 4 tells us, but when, let's all say this together, but when the time was right, or when the right time came, God sent his son. When the right time came, when the time was perfect, God sent his son. And looking back, we can see why God waited for the exact time. So I wanna give you three things. There's probably way more than just these three, but here are three things that happened during that 400-year period of silence. The first thing that we see is the Socratic method became a new way of learning. So instead of the didactic method where there was just this direct teaching, like this is truth, know it, black and white, Suddenly, for the first time in history, students were being encouraged to ask questions. And then throughout all of history, the Old Testament had been written in Hebrew up until maybe around 280 years or so BC. So the Old Testament was then translated into Greek during this time. And third thing, is, which was world-altering, is that Alexander the Great conquered the world. Now, side note, if you conquer the world, that's why they add great to your name, so Alexander the Great. But what does this mean? Well, it means that now there is a common language. Everyone spoke a little Greek. And during that time, there was something known as the diaspora, where the Jews were forbidden to live in Jerusalem, and they were dispersed. They were spread all over the world and around Rome as they were developing roads and highways through the entire empire. So therefore, during that 400-year period, while they were waiting, God was actually at work. And for the first time in history, we see three things. We see that people were encouraged to ask questions. And God sent the answer 
whose name is Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. The second thing is that everyone now had access to scripture in the language they understood. And number three, for the first time in history, the good news could spread in a common language through the Jewish people to the entire known world. So while they're sitting there thinking, why has God gone silent? He's actually at work behind the scenes, connecting all of these dots and making it possible for Jesus to enter the scene. While they were waiting, God was working, setting things up for the spread of the gospel when the time was just right. Not early, not late, but at the perfect time. God sent his son, born of a virgin, not to condemn the world, but to save the world. Not to come for the healthy, but to come for the sick. Not to come for those who proclaim that they were righteous, but to come for those who were broken in sin. When the time was right, when the time was just right, God sent his son. So if you're struggling a little bit and you're waiting, I get it. I've been there, I'm there. You're asking God to answer your prayer. Like, when will my child come to Christ? When will I get a job with benefits? When will you do something in this marriage to get us out of the pain? When can I get a real house or a car that runs? Whatever it is, whatever you're waiting on, it may not even be some of those big things. It might just be some of those more small, annoying things. A few years ago, I started this new medication and it had really weird side effects. Like my hands and my feet got extremely sensitive. Like they like a tickly sense, like sensation, like very strange. And I was constantly rubbing them and rubbing my legs and rubbing my arms. And people were wondering what was going on. I actually remember speaking at a Lenten lunch here in the basement. And, uh, I'm just, the, the other ministers were like, Kev, what's, what's happening? And I'm like, I don't know. There's just something in my hands. Maybe it's the spirit moving. But I just kept praying. And I'm like, God, take this away. And it, it wasn't going away. And what I realized that every time I started feeling those, those sensations, I was just reminded not to pray for myself, but to pray, to pray for you. And I suddenly realized, okay, maybe God's actually using some of these weird things to just help me focus my prayer life on praying. So if you felt a little more prayed for a few years ago, well, that's probably why. <laughs> or if you feel a little more prayed for even now, sometimes there's just mornings that I can't sleep in and I'm laying there at five in the morning and I'm taking those times to just pray and to pray for you and not just to pray to get back to sleep because I'm wanting to learn how to take these moments to wait actively. So if I'm struggling, if I'm itchy, if I can't sleep, know that I'm praying for you. So if you feel like you're in a holding pattern right now, if it seems like God's giving you the silent treatment, I wanna remind you that just because he's silent doesn't mean he's absent. God is at work. What I promise you is our good God loves you and he's not ignoring you. He's not neglecting you. He's not forgotten you. Maybe it's just not ready yet. Maybe God's still working on it or maybe you're not ready yet and God's still working on you. Or maybe, I have to be straight with you on this too. Maybe God's not ever gonna do what you want him to do. Maybe he's not, but he's still 
God. And it's not about our preferences. It's all about his glory. Scripture says this. In fact, God says this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. If you're waiting, God is working and maybe he's working on it. Maybe he's working on you or maybe he's not ever gonna do exactly what you want him to do because he is not there to serve our wishes, but we are here to serve him and to glorify him. And we have to remember that we serve God. Jesus learned that, he knew it, he lived it. My time is not here yet. It's not about what I want. It's not my time yet. God hadn't said it's the time, but then God did say it was the time. And when it was the time, it actually wasn't for Jesus' benefit. Meaning what God called him to do was not something Jesus in his own physical desire for comfort wanted to do at all. In John's gospel, chapter 12, Jesus says, the hour has come. Before he said it hadn't come, now he's saying, it's come for the son of man to be glorified. And how did he feel about this? Like, yay, finally I get to suffer? No, not at all. Here's what he said. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? Jesus said, no, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Father, glorify your name. God, if you do what I want, glorify your name. God, if you do what I want later than when I want it, glorify your name. God, if you don't ever do what I want, glorify your name. Because you are the supreme creator of the universe. And God loves you. He has your best interest at heart. But your best interest isn't always what you want now. God's got eternity on his mind. And the good news is that while you're waiting, he's working. He's working in all things, everything for the good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. It doesn't say for exactly what you want, but it does say for your good. So while you're waiting, I'm gonna be praying. It's not what I want, but Father, may your name be glorified. So ultimately, here's kind of where I stand. I'm gonna trust in him. I'm gonna trust in God. And I'm gonna tell you right now that with everything in me, I believe that all things are possible with God. The name of Jesus is bigger than depression. The name of Jesus is bigger than cancer. The name of Jesus is bigger than pornography addiction and alcohol addiction and methamphetamine addiction. There are so many addictions, but Jesus is bigger. So we call on him. We believe he can. We believe he'll heal. We believe he can restore. We can believe that he'll mend broken relationships. We believe that he hears the cry of our heart. We believe that we can be set free. We believe that we'll see him work. And we believe he can and we believe he will. He will do exceedingly and abundantly more than all we can ask, think, or imagine according to his power that is at work within his people 
through the church so that he may be glorified. We believe that he can, we believe that he will, and even if he doesn't, we still believe. We still praise him. So Father, glorify your name. We trust you, we believe that you can, and I believe that he will. So in your waiting, know that God is working. Heavenly Father, we glorify your name. And we ask that right now you would build our faith. Teach us to trust you. God, draw us close. I thank you that while we're waiting, you are always working. Help us to not waste the waiting. Help us to lean into you. And if there's some of you here today who are in a season of waiting, I just want to give you a moment now to bring that before God. Maybe you're thinking, that's me. I'm waiting for restoration. I'm waiting for healing. I'm waiting for provision. I'm waiting for a job. Whatever it is, just tell God what you're waiting on. God, I thank you that we can cast all of our burdens and our anxieties on you and that you're there for us. We know that you hear the cries of our heart, so we ask you for healing in the name of Jesus. We ask you for provision in the name of Jesus. God, we ask you for restoration. Whatever it is that we're bringing to you now, Lord, I pray that you take that burden off of our shoulders and let us know that you are carrying it that all we have to do is lean into you and find rest. We know and believe that with you, all things are possible. So please hear the cries of our heart. We place our trust in you. We trust you and we glorify your name. Even if we don't get what we want, we pray that your will be done. So fill us with your spirit so that we can know you better, so that we can serve you wholeheartedly. Help us live for you and show your love in all that we say and do. We ask this in the name of Jesus.